We are finishing up uh, Core Christmas tonight as we have been talking about this idea of how Jesus came to bring us hope, healing, peace, and purpose. Man, that's just such great news. Turn to somebody and say, he came to give us hope, healing, peace, and purpose. Hope, healing, peace, and purpose. I want to read to you some scripture here tonight. Uh, in these few moments we have together, I want to talk to you about purpose. And so if you have a Bible, go to John, the book of John in the New Testament, and uh, John chapter 1. I'm going to read to you the Christmas story, but probably not the way you've heard the Christmas story uh, read before. So it's in John chapter 1. If you don't have a Bible, just go to the app store. You can download what's called Version. It's a great Bible app. And if you're on a Bible app, I read out of the NLT, which is the New Living Translation. And if you're new to church, or even if you've been in church for a long time, this could be a bit confusing what I'm about to read, because uh, you'll have to track with this. This book was written by the Apostle John. John was uh, considered by most theologians and scholars to be Jesus' best friend. And he walked with Jesus, and he wrote about the life of Jesus. But in this story, you're going to hear about this guy named John the Baptist, completely different guy, different John, okay? John the Baptist was actually Jesus' cousin, but more importantly, he was the promised prophet that was going to come and proclaim that the Messiah had come. And so we're going to read about that. And if you would, let's go to uh, John chapter 1 and start in verse 6. And this is what it says. God sent a man, John the Baptist, to tell about the light, and that light being Jesus, so that everyone might believe because of his testimony. John himself was not the light. In other words, he wasn't the Messiah. He was simply a witness to tell about the light. And the one who is the true light, who gives light to everyone, was, was coming into the world, the birth of our Savior Jesus. He came into the very world that he created, but the world didn't recognize him. He came to his own people, the Jewish people, and even, even they rejected him. They placed him on a cross and crucified him. But to all who believed him and accepted him, he gave the right to become children of God and they are reborn, not, not a physical birth resulting from human passion or, or plan, but a birth that, that comes from God. The, the birth that we saw like Gavin today, Gavin was reborn and uh, he gave his life to Christ and today, tonight expressed that through baptism and you've been baptized, you've been reborn into the family of God. This is such great news here. So the word... It's capital W. The Word became human. In other words, that idea of, the, of it being the Word, it means that God, God became human. The, the Jewish people, they listened to the Word of God. They, they held everything with the Word of God, and they were captivated by the Word of the God. And prophets would bring the Word of God. And the Old Testament is full of the prophets and Moses and others bringing the Word of God. And now all of a sudden he's saying, no, no, God himself is coming to speak to us. So the Word became human made his home among us. He was full of unfailing love and faithfulness. And we have seen his glory, the glory of the Father's one and only Son. And I'm going to add to that, and his name is Jesus. Let's pray. God, thank you for this moment we have in this very holy season. In these next 24 hours as we gather around the world to celebrate the birth of our Savior, Jesus Christ. Church, let's just pray for one another here in this moment. Um, I believe this message is really going to be impactful for all of us tonight. 
So you may know the people around you, you might not. Would you just pray for them and, um, and then uh, pray for your own soul tonight. God, speak to me. And if you're not a follower of Jesus, you can pray. If you're not a follower of Jesus, you can pray right now. Okay, God, I'm, I'm in church and I'm here and maybe you're here with some family and you got something for me, God, I'm ready, I'm, I'm listening. And then I would ask you to, would you just pray for me as your pastor? Um, I'll be faithful to what he wants us to hear tonight in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. amen. Okay, turn to somebody say, Merry Christmas, and you can sit down, okay? Just say, Merry Christmas, and you can be seated. Well, um, I don't know how you are about decorating. I... Um, I Man, I just stunk this year. I was terrible at it. I, I, I just, I don't know if I got lazy. I don't know what happened, but um, I didn't get out the Christmas stuff like I, I normally do. In fact, I just kind of started throwing stuff out. Laura and I realized we were having the staff over with their kids and we we're going to have this Christmas celebration with them, but we didn't have any Christmas stuff out. Um, and it was like two weeks into December and we ain't got nothing. And like, we got to get something out. And so we dragged some stuff down. I opened up a box. I, I did the, this. Is, this is not a joke. I did this. I opened up one of the boxes. I just found some random ornaments. I found this little snowflake thing, opened up a pillow, pulled some snow out of that pillow, and I put it on top of the toilet. Boom. <laughs> Christmas. There it is right there. Uh, and and I, I didn't even like... Did, did, I normally, I put lights on the house. I've done that for years, but, but then... It went from, anybody ever done this? Like you've gone from the house, then you're like, you know what? I'm just throwing them on the bushes this year. And so you just throw them on the bushes. Uh, this year, I didn't even get them thrown on the bushes. There are no lights outside of our house. First time ever that Laura and I have been married, I've not had lights out in front of our house. We, we did, we had a nativity scene and then we had to put that away because somebody stole the baby Jesus. That's just wrong. I mean, <laughs> stealing Jesus, I don't know what's going to happen to you, but I wouldn't recommend that. That's like stealing a Bible. Not a good idea. Somebody stole that, so we had to put that away, and then we had, a, we had these deer, these beautiful deer. Anybody have deer? You got the light-up deer? Those are, those are awesome, except when the lights kind of go out on them. Ours was a three-legged deer last year, Yeah, and I thought it was going to be, in the arms of an angel. I thought that was going to happen. They were going to raise some funds for us, and, and so I <laughs> thought that was really going to happen. So I didn't put out the deer this year, nothing, but I was, I was so excited, though, because none of my neighbors did either. How many of you have been lazy and you haven't put much up this year? Come on. High five somebody around you. Come on. Give yourselves a hand. Welcome to that. Man, I mean, just getting, you know, the, you know what I love is this thing called the star shower. That thing, that's the ultimate lazy man's way of putting the lights up. That's that thing where you stick that light in the ground and it just kind of throws the lights up on the house. That's how you know, man, I am just, I'm not doing it. I'm just, that's going to call it good with the snow shower. So I managed to get up a few things around the house, and this is how bad it got. I got, I got up these little figurines that we put out every year, and I got them all out on, the, on this mantle and got them look really, really pretty, and I thought it looked really, really nice. Here's a picture of it right here. I thought it looked really, really nice, except there's a problem with this picture. Can you, can you spot the problem with this picture? The woman has no head. It's a headless woman. So we put that up right before the staff came over. I left the house this afternoon. It's still up. That's how lazy I am. That is still up at our house. That is the saddest Christmas display I've ever seen. Put it back up there because I, I, I want you to look at this for just a second. Now, when you, when you think about 2016 and heading into 2017, may, maybe you relate a little more with, this, with the guy on the right, the guy who can't even look at his wife. Oh, I cannot look upon you, dear. I cannot even look upon you. Uh, that's what he looks like he's doing to me. So the guy on the right, maybe you feel like you're the guy on the right. 
Like you think about the end of 2016, you're headed into 2017, and you're like, I know where I'm headed. I'm very confident in the direction that I'm going. I've got plans. I, I really feel like my life has purpose and my life has meaning, and I'm excited about what is to come. Or maybe, maybe the truth is you relate a little bit more to like the lady on the left. You're in a little bit of a fog, and you think about what happened in 2016 and 2017 is coming, and you're just like, I don't even have a plan. Like, I, I don't even know what direction is. I don't know where I'm headed. Life, honestly, if you were to think about it, you'd say, man, my life, truthfully, doesn't feel like it has a whole lot of purpose and meaning to it. Like, what, what, what am I doing? I'm just kind of randomly going through life with no purpose or meaning. The truth is, for those of us that are on the right, I feel like that guy on the right, that we have clear direction and purpose and meaning. The truth is, we can be just as lost as the people on the left. Because many times we find our, our purpose and our, and our meaning in our career. Man, I, I, I'm on a fast track. I've had a really good 2016. I closed it really strong. Going into 2017, looks like I could get a raise, could get a promotion. My, my career is on a fast track, and I find my purpose in my, in my career. Or maybe it's in your finances. You, you, you've worked hard and you've built a 401k and a portfolio and you're working hard and you, you see you're laying this really strong financial foundation for your family and you find a lot of purpose and a lot of meaning in, in that I'm doing this and this is a really, really good thing. Or maybe it's, a, maybe it's a degree. Maybe it's a degree that you're pursuing and you're like, man, once I get that piece of paper, that is going to signify some purpose in my life, and I know where I'm headed, and I know what I'm doing. Or maybe you already have that degree, and it just gives you that feeling inside of, man, I've got purpose, and, I, and I've got meaning, and I, I, know, I know where I'm headed. Or maybe it's your family. Maybe it's the idea of one day having a family. One day I'm going to be married, or one day I, we're going to have children, and man, when I get children, or maybe you already are married, and you say, man, my purpose and my meaning, that's, that's, my, that's my family. And, and those, are all, those are all really, really good things. In fact, I, I believe those are all things that are gifts, that are given to us by God. But that is not where we find purpose and meaning. In fact, that is the place where we go to live out our purpose and meaning. In other words, my career is the place that I live out purpose my, my family, that's the place where I live out my purpose. Or my finances, the finances that I'm building and the things that I'm doing. With, through my finances, that's how I live out my purpose. And here's our purpose. If you're taking notes, I'd like for you to write this down. And this is what your purpose is, and this is where purpose is found. Purpose is found in the person of Jesus Christ. Purpose is found in the person of Jesus Christ. Everybody say Amen. Yeah, amen. Yeah, purpose is found in the person of Jesus Christ. That's where we know that purpose is found because Christmas isn't a what? Christmas isn't a season. Christmas isn't trees and lights and headless figurines and hot cocoa. And I mean, those are all great things, but Christmas isn't a what? Christmas is a who? Christmas is about Jesus, the one who came so that your life and my life might have purpose and might have meaning. Now, here's the cool thing. We all have the same purpose, every one of us. We all have the same purpose. Turn to somebody and say, you have the same purpose I have. You have the same purpose that I have. 
All of us have the exact same purpose. It's found in John 1, and it's found in the story of John the Baptist. So let's look back at it. We'll put it on the screen here. John 1, verse 6. God sent a man, John the Baptist, let's say this together, to tell about the light. Say it again, to tell about the light. That's Jesus, so that everyone might believe because of his testimony. See, John the Baptist knew his purpose. He knew what his purpose was, and that was to tell others, to tell others about the light. In other words, to tell others about hope, about healing, about peace, and about purpose. Now, if you're here tonight as a follower of Jesus, as a Christ follower, man, you found hope. Your your heart, your your heart is full of hope. It, It doesn't matter. Maybe your heart has been crushed at one time, or you faced a dark period, or maybe you're going through a dark valley right now, or you've experienced a traumatic loss during this season, and and your heart and your world has been turned upside down. But if you're a follower of Jesus, you have hope because you know that Jesus came to bring you through that. So you know, I have hope. If you're that's a good place to say amen. Amen. Come on, followers of Jesus, amen. Come on. Now, if you are a follower of Jesus, you have found healing for your soul. You know that. You're like, man, my life was riddled, riddled with shame, riddled with regret. I didn't know what I was going to do. I had messed up. I had hurt myself. I had hurt people. But for Jesus and the grace and mercy of him, he healed my soul. Amen. And peace. Man, if you're a follower of Jesus, you have peace of mind. You have that peace that I talked about last last weekend where you have peace in the process. I can trust the process. You're in the middle of process. You You are wanting to get to a destination. You have something you're wanting to accomplish, something you're wanting to see God do in your life, and it doesn't appear that you're getting there, and you feel like you're stuck, but you know that you have peace because you know that Jesus enters right into the middle of process. And you know he's there with me and he is guiding me through that. But our purpose, our purpose as followers of Jesus is to share that hope, that healing, and that peace with others. And this is what John the Baptist is talking about here, that our our purpose is found in Jesus and our purpose is to share then that hope, that healing, and that peace that we have found. So God laid out John the Baptist's purpose like 400 years before this guy was even born. In fact, in in Psalms, it tells us this, that your purpose and my purpose and the destiny of our lives, God laid out before we were even born. Well, he did that for John the Baptist 400 years before he even came on the scene. There was this prophecy that was given. Now, if you're you're new to church, the, the prophecies of Jesus in the Old Testament, the Jewish people were waiting on a Messiah this thing we call Christmas. They were waiting on Jesus. They, were, they didn't know his name was going to be Jesus. We didn't know it was going to be Jesus. We didn't know Mary and Joseph were going to be the mom and dad at that point. But there was this Messiah, and he was going to come and be the Savior of the world. And so these prophets would come about, and they would speak about the coming Messiah. Here's what you need to be looking for. Here's what's going to happen. And there's all these prophecies in the Old Testament. And one of them is about John the Baptist, and it's found in Malachi chapter 3, and verse 1. So Malachi is this prophet, and God is speaking through Malachi, and he says this, look, I am sending my messenger, who would be John the Baptist, and he will prepare the way before me. And that's Jesus coming. Then the Lord you are seeking will suddenly come to his temple, and the messenger of 
the covenant. Say that with me. The messenger of the covenant, whom you look for so eagerly, is surely coming, says the Lord of heaven's armies. So Malachi, he calls John the Baptist this messenger of the covenant. Well, what is that? What does that mean, messenger of the covenant? Well, in John's gospel, John explains what that covenant is in John chapter 1 and verse 17. He says this, for the law was given through Moses, but God's what? Unfailing love and faithfulness. His unfailing love and faithfulness came through Jesus Christ. So in other words, it's it's like this. Under the the old covenant, if you wanted to atone for your sin, you, you had to try to follow the law. So that law was given, as John says right here, it was given by Moses. So you guys, we know this is like the Ten Commandments that God, he goes up on the mountain, he gets the Ten Commandments, he comes down. But there's more than these ten. Throughout the Old Testament, there's actually over 600 laws. So the people are trying really hard to follow these laws. They're working really hard at it. They're trying to be good, but they keep failing, and they, they're not measuring up, and they're not doing it to the expectation that they want. They can't live it out perfectly. But the good news is, is once a year, they would have this atonement time, the Jewish Day of Atonement. They still practice this today. And once a year, they would come to church. They'd come to the temple. And they'd bring a lamb, and they'd bring a, a, a goat or, or a pigeon, and they would bring that as a sacrifice. And they would make that sacrifice, and that sacrifice then would cover their sins for the next year. And then they'd go back to trying to live up to the law, trying to follow the law, which is what John talks about here. And honestly, this is how most people live their lives. They try to be good. If I'm, if I'm just good enough, then, then, then God, God, God will let me in. Man, if I, if I just try hard enough, then, then, then God's going to let me in. The problem with this is this is old covenant thinking. This is, this is living under the old covenant and it, where, 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 it's, where it's all on me. If I'm going to get into heaven, if God is going to approve of me, then I, I got to be good. And the, the problem with that is, is I constantly don't measure up and, and I fail miserably and I, I fail everyone around me. I, I try to be good. You ever do this? You try to be good, but you fail your spouse. How many of you failed your spouse in 2016? Raise your hand. You failed your spouse. Ladies, do not go, get your hand up right now. Get it up. Get both hands up. Get them both up. Stand up and testify. No, easy, 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 ladies, easy. <laughs> yeah, you failed. Man, I, I failed my, my spouse. Maybe, you, man, we, we try to be good, but we, we fail our, our, our children. Man, we, we, we try to be good, and we try to, try to do the right thing, and, and we, even, we even, man, I'm trying to do the right thing at work, and man, I, I fail my boss, I fail my, my coworkers, and, and on and on and on. I even, I even, man, I even fail myself. So what do we do? We, we try to make sacrifices. I'm going to make some sacrifices to make up for it. I'm going to buy her some flowers. That's old covenant thinking. <laughs> Ladies, guys, you love me now, don't you? You're like... Just tell her right now, that's the old covenant. That's why I haven't gotten you flowers. We're not under the old covenant. He's coming to the new covenant. He's going to talk about that. That's why I don't get you flowers and jewelry, just so you know. Jesus. <laughs> but we, we try to make sacrifices, don't we? We mess up and bring some flowers home. We, we mess up and, come on, let's be honest. How, how many gifts, how many gifts are under that tree? 
because you're trying to make sacrifices to make up for something with your children or something with the family member or the parent or the people that you love. You know, man, I failed them, and so maybe if I make a sacrifice and I, I give a gift or and you fail at work and you think, I'll just work harder, I'll just work harder or I'll, I'll, I'll do all these different sacrifices and I'll, I'll just try harder. In fact, I'll, I'll, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to go to church. That's what I'm going to do. And, and whether it, you come to church once a year or you come to church every week, some of you, you come to church and it's a, you're doing it as a sacrifice. You're, you're not doing it because it's the love that you have for Jesus Christ. You're doing it because you're like, I, I, man, I got to be in church because I, I just need God to be pleased with me. And so you go to the temple and you, you make the sacrifice. That's, that's Old Testament thinking, and that's not why Jesus came. Jesus came to establish a new covenant. We don't live under an old covenant anymore. We live under a new covenant that Jesus made with us. This, I, this word covenant, it means a promise. God has given you a promise through Jesus, and Jesus came so that you might have this promise of hope, a promise of hope a promise of healing for your soul, a promise that you can have peace of mind. This is why Jesus came, a promise that all of my sin, all of my shame is forgiven, and he doesn't hold it against me anymore. A promise that this mess that I find myself in, the struggle I find myself in where I feel like I'm never gonna get out of it, this hopeless feeling that I have, Jesus came as a person and as God so that you could have hope and get through that to the other side. This is why John says this. He, he says God's love and faithfulness came through Jesus. He's the only one who was ever good. God had a plan. He knew. He's like, yeah, I know you can't measure up. I know you got all these laws and I know you can't do it. And I know you're making the sacrifice every year, but you know what? God preordained in, in, in time that he would send the Messiah. He would send Jesus, and he's the only one that was ever perfect. He was the perfect kid. Man, he was, the, he was the perfect brother. He was the perfect friend. He never messed up, never made a mistake, never had to say, will you forgive me? Can you imagine that? Can you, th th he's the only one who's never had to say that, never had to say, hey, will you, you forgive me? Because he never sinned. And he made the ultimate sacrifice. He, he went to the cross. He said, this thing you're doing every year, all the sacrifice you're doing over and over again, these gifts that you bought your kids to try to make good, the, the flowers you're bringing your spouse, the things you're doing for your husband or the things that you're doing at work and the, all the things you're doing to try to please me, you're making these sacrifices. I'm coming to church, coming to church, coming to church. He said, no, 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 no. That is not how you get right with me. I tell you what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna come, I'm gonna make a sacrifice one time for everyone that you will no longer have to make sacrifices in order to be made right with me. He introduced this thing called grace. Grace and mercy. That grace and mercy are abundant and it is for all of us. And here's the good news about Jesus. His love never fails. Unfailing love. My love always fails. Man, I'm trying hard to love my family. I, I, man, I was trying, I've tried so hard. I've been married to Laura for 32 years, and I just continually fail her. I feel like over and over again. I fail her over and over again. I'm, I'm trying to love her. And even today, it's, it's stinking Christmas Eve, and I, and I go out, and I look in the garage, and I'm like, what is this? What is all this stuff stacked out here? I spent three weeks trying to clean this thing. It's Christmas Eve. My love fails. I fail. 
And I don't show the love that I need to show at times to the people that I love the most. But Jesus, his love, it never fails. Man, I wish I was faithful all the time to my friends, to my family. I never let them down. I never disappointed them. And here's the good news. Through Jesus, his love never fails. He is always faithful. And through him, that's where I'm going to find hope for tomorrow. That's where I'm going to find healing for my mistakes and my sin and my brokenness. And that's where I'm going to find the peace. So like John the Baptist, if you're a follower of Jesus, we are called messengers of that covenant. We're messengers of hope, healing, peace, and purpose. Look back in, in John chapter 1 and verse 8. It says this, John himself was not the light. He was simply what? Let's say this together, what? A witness. He, he was a witness to tell about the light. The one who is the true light, who gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. So, so John the Baptist, he knew he wasn't the light. And, and, and he knew he was just a messenger, and he was just called to, to, to point to the light. I saw this movie called Hacksaw Ridge. Anybody seen that, Hacksaw Ridge? How many, sorry, just so I know, Hacksaw Ridge. How many of you heard of the movie Hacksaw Ridge? With Okay, you know, okay, it's a great, great movie about World War II. It's a good kid movie. Take your kids, it's a great, fun Disney flick. I'm kidding. Do not take your kids. Do not. Pastor said we could go. That's what he said. Some of you got kids in here right now, they're like, Pastor said we could go to that movie. No, you can't go to that, that movie. But it's a, it's a great movie about um, World War II and this guy who saves all of, all of these people. What I was prepared for but not prepared for was the brutality of the movie and how realistic the, the war scenes were. And frankly, personally, I appreciated it um, because I, I, I've never been in war, and it helped me to understand the sacrifice that men and women have made. And if, if you have been in war yourself or you've had a family member who's been in war, thank you because the sacrifice is, is incredible. But one of, the things, one of the scenes in there that I wasn't prepared for that I've heard about, but I, they portrayed this as they have these guys that are flamethrowers. And if you don't know what a flamethrower is, you probably do know what it is, but a flamethrower is this guy, they put these big fuel tanks on their back and they have this, this gun on them and they just, and anything in their path, they set it on fire. And what I wasn't ready for was that they were using the flamethrower and setting the enemy on fire which doesn't sound that bad until you see it. And then you see it and you're like, wow, that, that's, that's horrific. That's, that's wrong. That, that's wrong. And I, I didn't know we used flamethrowers all the way up through the Vietnam War. And, 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 and so in there, the flamethrowers, they're just setting scores of the enemy on fire. It's just brutal. It's just horrific to try to, try to watch that. And a couple days after watching that movie, I started thinking about, you know, sadly, this is how some Christians are. Some Christians are flamethrowers. They're, they're very, very legalistic. In, they, they put the law of Moses above the love of Jesus. We should never put the law of Moses above the love of Jesus. The love of Jesus trumps everything. But some people are... And, and, and maybe you're, you're new to church. Maybe you've not been, maybe you, this is why you don't come to church is because you're like, man, dude, I totally get that, man. People just like, just flaming people, you know, telling them you're going to burn in hell for what you do. Very, very legalistic, holier than thou, self-righteous, and, and, and just, just this is the way it has to be. No grace, no mercy, all old covenant thinking. We are not under the old covenant. We're under the, the new covenant. We are not called 
to be flamethrowers. So I was listening to a friend of mine. He's really more of a mentor. I shouldn't really say he's a friend, but he's a mentor, a spiritual mentor of mine. He was my pastor for a number of years. Um, he came to town and he spoke this uh, year, and I got a chance to go hear him speak. And, and he talked about this idea of the light, and he talked about how Moses, um, when he would come out of the tabernacle or when he came down from being with God, he had this glow about him. This, it, it talks about the radiance of the Lord. And it was so strong that the people couldn't even look upon him, so he put a veil over his face. And he talked about how Christ came and Christ was the light of the world and how Christ is the light of the world. The radiance of God is found in Jesus. Now, the cool thing about Jesus is when Jesus came through his death and resurrection, when that happened, the veil in the temple, some of you know this, the veil in the temple was torn in two. In other words, the veil was ripped off. And Christ now is in us. And so you and I are now that light. We are what John the Baptist talks about. This We are witnesses of the light. And the thing is, we're, we're not called to burn up the darkness. We are called to light up the darkness. Oh, that's such a good place to say amen. We are not called to burn up the darkness. We're called to light up the darkness. Like, that's who we are. That's what we are called to do. And so when I, when I came out of that meeting where he was speaking and it was night and I walked out into the parking lot and I stood underneath the streetlight. And when I stood underneath the streetlight, it's when it hit me. This is the kind of light we're supposed to be. We're not, we're not supposed to be a flamethrower. I'm supposed to be a streetlight. I'm not a flamethrower. I'm a, I'm a streetlight. I'm called to have the glow of Christ wherever something is dark. I'm called to take my light and just shine it into a dark world. I'm called to go and take hope to somebody that is feeling really hopeless. I'm called to bring healing to those who are broken. I'm called to bring peace into a very volatile situation where somebody is stuck in process and they don't know if they're going to get to the future of where they want to be. And I'm called, like John says, to go into the darkness for people who are living in darkness. This is you and I. We We were all born for this purpose of taking our light into a dark world. That's why you exist. That's why I exist. This world is broken. It's very, very dark. It's such a beautiful season, such a season of hope and healing and peace. It's just this what it is. It's Christmas. But so many people tonight and some of you here tonight, you don't have that hope. You don't have that healing. You've not experienced that peace. And, And those of you that have the light, we are not called to keep the light here. Unlike a streetlight that, that, that stays stationary, you and I are called to take our light into the dark world. So you're called to take your streetlight into your neighborhood. You're called to take it to your neighbors, to begin praying for your neighbors, to begin reaching out to your neighbors, to be there for your neighbors, to help your neighbors. You're, you're, you're called to take it into the workplace, not to be a flamethrower, but to be a streetlight. I just come in with the love of Christ. I just come in with this hope and this healing and this peace that God's given to me. And I walk into my workplace on Monday morning, hoping that somebody there who's in a bad spot will catch some of the light that that I have and I can radiate that light upon them. You're called to do that in your school. You're called to do that on your your soccer team or your basketball team or your baseball or football team. You're called to take that light. This is what we do. We take the light into a dark world. We are streetlights. So tonight, we're going to be lighting candles here in a moment. 
But for some of you tonight, this is, this is how you feel. Like there's, there's not a lot of hope. There's not a lot of peace and there's not a lot of healing. You don't have the light. Or, or maybe at one time you had the light. Or maybe you're a follower of Jesus and 2016 has just beat you into submission. I mean, it's just been a, it's, honestly, it's just been a tough year for you. It's been a hard year, difficult year, and you're watching your light just slowly, slowly fade out. Well, the good news, what, what John tells us here in, in his gospel, uh, he, he tells us this, that we are not the light, but he is the light. So the idea is you can't light yourself. I, I can wish hope upon myself and no hope will come. I, I can wish healing for myself, but no healing will come. I can hope for peace and maybe there's some peace is going to come and, and maybe, maybe, just maybe in the next 12 hours, next 24 hours or so, through some gifts and through some family and maybe through some, some songs on, that we're going to play, maybe, maybe I can muster it up, but, but what's going to happen is it's going to go back out again. The only way that you can find hope, healing, and peace is to go to the light, the light of Christ. So when you come to Christ, he will light you. And when you come to Christ, you begin to experience hope. It might be just very dark around you, but when Christ is in you, 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 you have that hope. And, and you have you have that healing and you have that peace that you so desperately want and it doesn't matter where you go. It goes with you. It doesn't matter how dark of a situation you go into. Some of you are going to get together with family and it's going to be hard because there's going to be some family members there and they've hurt you. Or maybe there's some family members that aren't with you that you want to be with you but they, they can't be with you. And it's stark. But when you have Jesus, even when your relationships are upside down, even when work is upside down, you're upside down with your kids, you're upside down with your parents, whatever it is, or things have not been what they needed to be, even in the midst of that darkness, you have the light. You know what? Despite this of what's happening to me, I got hope. Despite what I've done, my sin and my shame, I have healing. When the enemy tries to come in to tell me that I'm not who Christ says I am, I can look to the light and say, no, Jesus is there. He's in me. He's in my life. When I'm in the middle of a process and it's, I'm at the end of 2016 and it didn't end the way I wanted it to end and I'm entering into 2017 still, still in process, I can look and I can say, I, no, I, I still got peace. I got peace. 